Some of you know my son, Levi. Levi is a kindergartner. Levi is uh, one of those fun-loving kids, and, and one of the things he loves to do is he loves to explore. So if we take Levi to the park, if we take him anywhere, uh, sure enough, you'll find him wandering off somewhere. You'll find him uh, traveling off and, and, and exploring and trying to decide, uh, trying to find some new things. And without fail, one of the favorite places that he has to explore is whenever we go to somebody new's house. So the first time he's ever gone into a house, he loves to find all those little spaces that are not normally on the tour. Um, Levi loves to just, just go and, and he travels down these hallways that we have not been invited into uh, as a family. You know, and there's the social rules where, where you come to someone's house uh, and you sit in their living room and, and maybe you can spend some time in the dining room. Maybe uh, if invited, you can go into the kitchen. But Levi doesn't follow these rules. Again, Levi's in kindergarten. So without fail, we find him missing at some point. And we search the house and we find him at the end of some dark hallway in some back bedroom uh, trying to just find uh, something new, something exciting. Uh, it doesn't scare him off. And, and the thing is, in kindergarten, you know, this is still cute. This is still relatively acceptable. But as he gets older, uh, he will learn and he will understand these unwritten rules uh, of society, these unwritten rules of of being a guest in someone's house, uh, and he'll learn kind of what locations are, are maybe intended uh, for guests. And I'll get more into that later, uh, but today uh, we recognize Palm Sunday uh, as a church holiday. This is, this is one that, uh, you know, is a bigger deal in some church traditions than others, but, but what we are celebrating is when Jesus uh, himself did what's called the triumphal entry. So the, the entry of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Uh, we read in the Gospel of Luke that the people of the city came out to meet him and they really gave him this, this royal treatment uh, as he came. And, uh, verse 36 uh, from our reading earlier says that the people spread their cloaks their, their robes, they spread them on the road as, as kind of a red carpet uh, kind of treatment as he came. And verse 37 says, The whole crowd of disciples, they began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Saying two quotes from the Old Testament, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, a quote from Psalm 118, verse 26, and peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The people rejoiced and celebrated Jesus' coming into Jerusalem, and he rode this donkey, uh, which in the Old Testament is the symbol of peace, uh, as, as a king would enter a town, if he came to wage war, he would ride a mighty war horse. And here, Jesus is not on a mighty war horse, but he is on a donkey. Uh, it's, again, a symbol of a, of a king arriving in peace. But there's a few important things to notice here, and a few things I want to draw out. And one 
is if we notice where the teachers of the law are uh, while this is happening. It says that they witnessed all of what was going on and that they did not like it. Who does this Jesus think he is coming into this town? Doesn't he know the social order here, that he could really mess things up? Caesar is king. Caesar is the emperor of Rome, and we are Roman territory. And who is this Jesus thinking that he is this coming king into Jerusalem? He's going to cause a rebellion, uh, and it's going to be uh, quite tragic for all of us. So they come before Jesus, these religious teachers, and they tell him to make his disciples be quiet. We don't want any trouble here. Jesus replies with this quote. He says, If I keep them quiet, even the stones will cry out. If the people are made to be quiet, all of creation will cry out and recognize his majesty as he comes. Then starting in verse 45, we read of how Jesus continues to cause uh, this trouble uh, in town. Verse 45, when Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling, saying, it is written, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Again, this is directly speaking into the religious uh, sect of the community. This is directly speaking into the most religious people saying this temple this center of worship it was meant to be a house of prayer and you have made it into a den of robbers Jesus is here he's in the temple court uh, he's, he's in the center of Jewish life and people have traveled from all around the Roman Empire they traveled for all around for this festival uh, that they have come to and so the merchants of Jerusalem have shown up to the temple, and they have brought with them all the things necessary to make sacrifices uh, at the temple for this, for this festival. And the, the thing is, hardly anyone traveling, uh, you're not going to travel with your sacrifice with you. You're going to travel with money. And then when you get to Jerusalem, you can purchase your sacrifice, and you can honor it, offer it, uh, and you can fulfill uh, what God asked for that way. So the merchants have showed up, uh, and this is where Jesus arrives to. And as the merchants are there, they've started to up the prices again and again, and they're trying to take advantage financially of this situation. And that, that's what Jesus has arrived to, is this, this bustling market where it shouldn't have been, where people are taking advantage of the foreigners, taking advantage of the travelers, the people who have traveled to the city, and they... They're trying to financially uh, take advantage of them for their own gain in the name of God. In response to this, Jesus quotes the Old Testament. He quotes these ancient words of Israelites' prophets. These words would have been very, very well known to the teachers of Jesus' day. The first one is this quote, My house will be a house 
of prayer. This is from Isaiah 56, verse 7. And and it's actually a longer quote. Uh, In Isaiah, it reads, Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Second, Jesus quotes Jeremiah when he says, But you have made it a den of robbers. Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 11. The the longer quote reads, Has this house, which bears my name, meaning the temple, become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. Two direct quotes directly to the religious systems of the day. Jesus was not playing nice here as he arrived. He was calling it like he saw it, and he was quoting the Old Testament in a way that the teachers of the law would have fully understood immediately. And obviously this is not making him very popular. And we read in verse 47, it says, Every day Jesus was teaching at the temple. But the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find a way to do it because all the people hung on his words. See, they wanted to kill him, but because the people were constantly around him, surrounding him, hanging on his words, the teachers of the law couldn't do it. This is truly, truly heavy stuff uh, here on Palm Sunday, and it's, and it's what leads us into this holy week ahead of us. See, growing up in, in Minnesota, which is, which is where I grew up in the Midwest, uh, we have this saying called Minnesota nice. And, and to be Minnesota nice means to not push the envelope too much, to not push people too hard. So fair warning, uh, if you're listening back in Minnesota, I'm not going to be Minnesota nice uh, for the rest of this sermon. I'm just going to call it like I see it and like I see scripture uh, calling it. Because I believe that oftentimes we look at these texts in Luke and in the other Gospels and we put ourselves in the place of the crowd. We put ourselves in the place of the crowd that lays down their cloaks that, that welcome him in and that, that stand back as these religious leaders do these terrible things. But if we're honest and if we look inside of ourselves, I think we are more like the entire city of Jerusalem. Parts of us inside are like the crowd. Parts of us are welcoming Jesus in, but then there's other parts inside of us that maybe we should be more aware of how we're more like the religious leaders. It's kind of a story of two days here. Day one, Jesus enters the city on the back of a donkey, and people sing, and people rejoice. But day two, Jesus enters the temple, and he cleans out the place. 
He makes room for what is good and what is right. He convicts people of their sins and the ways that they have turned from God. You see, when people become Christians, often uh, churches use this phrase saying that they accept Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. Savior is easy, I think. Savior simply means that Jesus died on your behalf so that you are able to now experience the eternal life that that should have gone uh, to him, that was deserving of him. But Lord, I think, can be harder. Lord means that you are no longer the king of your own life. Lord means that someone else is now in charge. Now the good news is Jesus is far more capable of being the king than you ever were. So that is the good news. But there's something inside of us, I think, and and I'm not excluded here, that pushes back against that, that tries to say, Jesus, you can be the king of this area of my life. Or you can be the king of this other area of my life, but not the whole thing. I don't want to give it all to you. I can still control parts of this. But but why don't you take care of this part and take care of that part, and then then these other places uh, I will be. The reality is, and and the reason I brought it up earlier, is that I think Jesus is a lot more like Levi, my kindergartner, uh, in this sense, than he is like a good house guest. A good house guest uh, knows their place to be. A good house guest knows their role. They stick to the living room. They stick to the dining room. They may use the guest bathroom. Uh, They go into the kitchen, but only when invited. But Levi, he acts like he owns the place. And Jesus in us, in all parts of our life, he acts like he owns the place. He travels down every dark hallway. He explores the rooms in the back of the house. If you're not careful, Levi may even look under your bed. Levi may even look in your dresser drawers. Okay, Levi won't do that. But Jesus will. Jesus will find all the dark places that you've been hiding. And, And the reality is that when we invite him in to our lives, that is what we are inviting him into. We're not supposed to compartmentalize our lives and say, Jesus, you can control this area, you can control that area. We're inviting him into all of who we are. Now, the good news is that our lives are not like a haunted house to him. There's not scary corners because as he goes and as he travels throughout, he brings light and he brings healing and he brings restoration uh, into who we are. Our role in this is to simply let the light shine in areas where maybe we have pushed back. So as we enter into this week, this holy week, that is my prayer for you all, that you would let the light of Christ shine in every area of your life. We live in a difficult time, and and there's parts of this uh, that can be really hard, and there's parts that make us nervous and scared uh, and everything else, and I think Jesus wants to even speak into that. He wants to speak into our anxiety, speak into our tensions, and and he just wants to be 
fully a part of who we are, not compartmentalized, not, not a good house guest, but he wants to make himself at home. 